This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 10 of the Law Podcasting Podcast, and as the Recorded announcement said, I'm your host, Gordon Firemark. This is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting, strictly speaking, about the law. And my guest today is Nick Pavlidis. Am I saying that right, Nick? Yep, okay. exactly. Uh, a Boston area lawyer who serves as in-house counsel for an international corporate management firm. He helps them with commercial, corporate labor, and export compliance kinds of matters. And prior to that, he spent almost 10 years as a corporate and bankruptcy litigator in a large New York City law firm. In addition to his law practice, Nick coaches young lawyers on how to build their networks for career flexibility and client development and also helps high achievers to grow their businesses while maintaining strong boundaries around family and personal priorities. Uh, I could use that kind of help. (laughs) Nick's most recent project can be found at younglawyermarketing.com through which he trains law students and young lawyers on how to build their networks. This includes eight-week online getting started course, uh, group and individual coaching, and law school and law firm training programs as well. But we're here to talk tonight about podcasting. Nick's podcasts are Five Minutes with Dad, which he co-hosts with his five-year-old son and three-year-old daughter when they let him, and Confessions of a Terrible Husband, in which he interviews the greatest minds in business and relationships on how to build a life that matters. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So how did you discover podcasting, and what led you to become a podcaster yourself? You know, it's funny because it all comes from a moment in 2009 that I completely uh, pushed back against, and that was moving out of New York City. And I worked in New York City for almost 10 years total, and this is five or six years into it. And we had my now five-year-old son. My wife wanted more space, and I looked at the prices of the real estate in New York City. So if we stayed in the city, our rent would have just doubled. We were renting at the time. So we were in a small one-bedroom apartment right next to my office. And we looked around the city and we we found that outside of the immediate neighborhood, the commute from Hoboken, New Jersey would have been the same as the commute from the Upper West Side or uh, Gramercy or wherever to my office. Hmm. So the benefits of moving to New Jersey were no state, no city income tax, more space with less rent. So we decided we were going to move to Hoboken. And for the first time, I had a commute. I commuted about 45 minutes each way from when I lived in the city. I lived on the same city block. I never crossed a street to get to work. <laughs> I went down one elevator, wrapped around the corner, and up another elevator. Wow. So I needed something to to fill that. 45 minute each way void and I had an iPhone so I just looked towards podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, uh, books on tape from the library so I'd, I'd load them up into my iTunes and listen to them on the way so it was just from being a fan of podcasting that led me ultimately this year to launching two podcasts of my own you launched them both this year well, the um, the first one was launched earlier, 5 Minutes with Dad was launched in... Um, I want to say May of this year, Okay, maybe June. Oh, he started recording in May, but we went live in, in July. Oh, okay. And uh, Confessions of a Terrible Husband is with a show notes uh, producer, a journalist who writes 
the best show notes in the business. Hmm. And he has the first several episodes. And once I get those back, we're launching that. But I have uh, almost 10 episodes recorded of that one. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, so talk about how you got things set up. Are you a techie, geeky kind of a guy? Did you do this stuff yourself? Did you have help? Did you did you uh, uh, reach well, out? Well, I I am a blogger uh, for several years, so I'm comfortable with online and computer work. Mm-hmm. I I'm also a musician from high school days, and I've recorded uh, two and a half albums, depending on how you count it. <laughs> so I'm com- comfortable with microphones, and I'm comfortable with making noise and 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 documenting it for the ages. Okay. So, but I'm not really, or I wasn't really comfortable with the process of podcasting it was a foreign it was foreign other than as a fan to me so i the first thing i recorded was the five minutes with dad which is probably not the wisest thing to do to try and get at the time my son was four to try and get a four and a two-year-old to sit in a chair for even five minutes takes a good 45 minutes to an hour so i had two microphones and and plugged into a mixer and basically it was just trial and error until i got it but now that they're both comfortable with it we actually just use one microphone and we do it interview style. I'll hold it and then we'll talk back and forth and they'll grab it out of my hand and interview each other. And But um, yeah, so I plug right into the computer uh, now just using Audacity and an ATR2100 microphone. Very simple setup. Great. Um, and the sound quality especially with, you know, when you have two toddlers bouncing mm-hmm. around with the microphones is, is pretty top quality. That microphone is a great choice for, well, anybody, but especially that situation where you don't have to worry too much if it gets dropped and broken, you know, that yeah, another absolutely. one is, a, a, you know, Amazon trip away. So, uh, so talk to us a little bit about the shows themselves. So you, so you started five minutes with it. First of all, what inspired you to do that? And, and talk a little bit about, about that. It's, it's fascinating and fun to me. And so, yeah, well, you know, five minutes with dad was actually not my idea. Uh, my idea was confessions of a terrible husband. And I was sitting at the dinner table with my wife one night saying, Hey, do you mind if I order that uh, microphone and set up to start the podcast? And my son caught the word podcast. He didn't know what one was. So he asked dad, what's a podcast? So I said, well, you know, it's it's like a show on the computer where you record things into a microphone and people can play it on the computer or on their phones. They can they can listen to you. And he says, so you're starting a, you're starting one? I said, yes. He goes, can I start one? Uh-huh. So... You know, I I paused for a second, and it's funny because three years ago, I, if, if even if we were five or whatever, three years ago, I would have likely said, no, you know, you really have to be older. You have to be seven or eight or nine or ten. But, you know, that's really where my big change came in mm-hmm. in about 2013 where I flipped everything, and now everything is focused around building a life that matters, not just building businesses that matter. And so my reaction, my instant reaction was to think, why not? Sure. So I said, yeah, you could start one. Do you want to do one with that, with me? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, so let's, we'll do a show. I'll order an extra microphone just for you and we can do a show together. So he said, great. And he says, well, why do you, what do you do with the show on the computer? I said, well, you know, it's an opportunity where you can, you can just entertain people. You can have fun. You can spend time with each other. And if you do it well enough for long enough, you can make money to save up to buy things and give money and spend money, invest money. Cause we, you know, I know he's young, but we talk about giving, saving, spending and investing. He doesn't quite understand investing, but yeah, so right. his response was, can I make money doing it? I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, what do you want to save up for? And his response melted me. It like melted my entire insides. And he said, well, I want to buy a flying car when I'm older. So 
at that moment I said, well, okay, sure. We will, we will do a show. You can make money. I'll give you at the first, it was two coins per episode. Now I give him four coins per episode nice. and he's saving up to buy a flying car. I so that's, have, I just have to do that? a little sound effect here. <laughs> anyway, that's great. Yeah. That's really a, that boy. Your kid sounds very evolved, actually. For a five-year-old. well, he's really, really energetic. He's very um, outgoing, and he actually designed the logo. Uh, he didn't know he was designing the logo. It's a self-portrait right. from when uh, he turned four years old, and I, I just think it fit the mood that I was trying to capture when we decided to do our show together. Does he get that there are people out there listening to what he's doing? Uh, he does. Uh, he, now, especially he does, because we're starting to get people to write in with questions. Oh. So, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'm in several networking groups online and, and people know I do a podcast. So they'll say, oh, my five-year-old or my 10-year-old or my 11-year-old really loves your show. And I'll say, oh, tell us their name and we'll, we'll give them a shout out. So oh, the last fantastic. few episodes, we've been doing that. So Pavlos, my son, loves like this this uh, episode. We he said hi to a to a friend's son named Kason, and then the episode before he said hi to a friend's daughter named Sophia. So he he gets that there are people out there who are not his grandmother listening to him now. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> That's terrific. So okay, so so now we get a sense of five minutes with dad. Tell us a little bit about uh, your forthcoming show, Confessions of a Terrible Husband. Well, you see, that show is is what I've been building my personal brand around, and it's and it's really speaking to business, but from a marriage perspective first and foremost. So that's why it's confessions of a terrible husband and not confessions of a workaholic. It's really focusing on the the marriage intersection with business and how to build a truly successful life. Mm-hmm. You need more than just success in your career. You need to have significance in the things that are higher priority, at least in my book. So my brand is really about personal accountability and taking personal accountability over improving your relationships. And that's actively setting boundaries around your time so that when when someone asks me to be on a show or someone asks me to have a quick phone call with them or to go out to dinner, I don't just say yes unless it fits several criteria. And the criteria are ones that my wife and I have spoken about. And it's if my kids are asleep or if my wife has help with her kids, if her mother's visiting or something like that. And it's even, um, you know, even things like, can we schedule something that would be incredible, but it's not possible to schedule at night? Can we schedule it further out? So I had an incredible opportunity to reach an enormous audience with my brand earlier this year, and I had to say no because it didn't fit that criteria. So I've now delayed it until December 30th, hmm. and uh, and I straight up said, I'm sorry I can't do this because it doesn't fit into my model until December 30th because that's when my kids will be on school vacation and my wife will be visiting her mom. So the show is, there will be some solo, mostly bonus solo episodes, but it'll be a weekly interview show. And I interview people like Fawn Weaver, who is the president or the founder of the Happy Wives Club, mm-hmm. uh, Dan and Joanne Miller from 48days.com, yeah. uh, John Miller from QBQ, the question behind the question and uh, outstanding and flipping the switch. So some really, really great uh, leaders, thought leaders in business and marriage about how to build that life that really matters. That sounds great. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you're not, uh, you're not in the traditional practice of law. You're in, in an in-house corporate kind of an environment. But do you find that podcasting has been beneficial to you as a lawyer and in your practice 
Absolutely. Uh, well, in my practice, I work for a corporate management firm. And one of the great things about this company is that they let me control my online, re- on, online reputation. Mm-hmm. When I worked for the law firm in New York, it was a large law firm, Amlaw, you know, 100, yeah. maybe 150 or something like that. Uh, and they invested a lot of time, effort and money in my online reputation. So I felt very... Um, I felt that I was very careful. Yeah. I was very careful with what I did online, whether it was in my name and whether, uh, I didn't want the Google results when someone Googled my name to be, you know, www.aterriblehusband.com when I was, you know, going to court on billion dollar lawsuits, you know? So, um, but now that I'm with this company, I'm more free to speak about the things that matter. And I'm finding that I'm actually connecting both through blogging, but also through, especially five minutes with dad, cause that's out there, uh, with people in business who start to know, like, and trust me cause they get a sense of who I am. And it's not that I'm becoming a thought leader in the law by talking to my five-year-old or my three-year-old, but that they get a sense of who I am and people are reaching out to me. They know I'm a lawyer and I've had several people reach out saying, Hey, I'd, you know, I really like to do business with you, you know, and I've, mm-hmm. I've done favors for people uh, reviewing agreements for them and things like that. But people are actually coming to me to, you know, engage in either business or, or some legal activities with them based on, you know, getting to know me through podcasting. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, you know, obviously starting up a podcast is, is not without its hurdles. Can you talk a little bit about some of the hurdles you might've had to overcome? Well, you know, in, Five minutes with dad, the hurdles are trying to get a five-year-old and a three-year-old to sit still. It takes me about 45 minutes to get five minutes of usable audio for five minutes with dad. And, you know, most of the time, at the beginning, it it got a little frustrating, but not, you know, I have a lot of patience with them. So it it was totally fine. But it was, I had put myself out there and told everyone, I'm doing a show with a five-year-old and it's going to be out. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And then I started thinking, I don't think I'm going to get five minutes of audio out of this. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Uh, So we tried different microphones. We tried headset microphones. We tried microphones like the Blue Yeti, which can, which, you know, you don't need to have your your mouth in front of because I'd spend half the time going, watch out for the mic. Watch out. Nope. Nope. Okay. Look at the mic. Look at the mic. But, you know, as time went on and they got more comfortable with the microphones, it's, we just stuck with the ATRs and now I use it like an interview and I'll hold it in my, and they know to wait for the microphone before they talk. So we're getting a little better. It still takes a good half hour to 45 minutes to get usable audio, but that was the big challenge is getting quality audio that people can listen to. Cause no matter how charming a five-year-old or a three-year-old can be on a microphone, if it's hurting your ears, you're not going to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And with uh, confessions of a terrible husband, it's really been self-inflicted. Um, the challenges, the challenge, I had one time where, um, one of my guests doesn't feel comfortable using Skype to Skype. They wanted to use Skype to telephone. And I just didn't know how to do that because I've always done Skype to Skype. Uh, so I was nervous and this was a, you know, one of the larger names and it was one of my first interviews. And I was nervous about how to set that up. Eventually, you know, I'm part of a few online podcasting communities and, you know, someone jumped on the line with me and we tried it out and it worked. Mm-hmm. But most of it were just minor things like that. Okay, cool. So, Talk about your workflow a little bit now. So you, you, you spend the 30 or 40 minutes with your kids doing the recording. Uh, is, is there any prep for that before you go in or do you just sort of have an idea of what you're going to say and, and get to it? 
Um, you know, it's funny because they don't always, they're not always in the, we don't have a regular schedule. Mm. I have to sort of catch them when they're, yeah. um, relatively calm and also, uh, you know, engaging. So I'll say, Hey, you guys want to record a show or we'll have some fun. I'll be like, Oh, we can talk about this on a show later. And I try not to make everything about the show. Cause, yeah. cause I want it to be, you know, something that's sort of a fun thing to do and not yeah. a, a job for them. But, um, with the kids, Oftentimes there will be things that I'll think of during a week that'll be fun to talk to them about. So I'll keep those in my mind. I used to prepare a lot and like several questions and I had to be reading them almost off of the computer screen. But after three or four words, even not even an entire sentence or an entire question, the kids will be taking the conversation in a completely different direction. <laughs> so I may have a theme like we have a we have one episode where I said, oh, let's talk about giving. Mm -hmm. And my son said, OK, we'll talk about giving. And then we ended up talking about lemonade stands and starting businesses because that's just where the conversation went. Sure. And, you know, that's really the charm to the show is where the kids take the conversation. So that we'll record. And then afterwards, I'll find the five minutes of usable audio mm -hmm. and um, I'll increase the levels because oftentimes I'll be talking louder than the kids or sure. they'll be talking louder than me. So I'll have to level that stuff out so it doesn't hurt everyone's ears. Mm -hmm. And then I will record an intro and an outro, uh, talk about a resource of the week. Each, each episode, we have a resource, which mm -hmm. is either a book, an activity, or a game, something that is not, is generally not, and hasn't been to date, you know, computer related. Because yeah. I like to talk about face-to-face -face time, shutting the computer off, turning the phone off, just spending some quality time with your kids. Mm -hmm. So usually it's a bedtime story, or uh, I think last week it was m one of um, one of my son's grandmothers came over and made carnival pretzels with them. So they sell those kits online, and it was just really fun. Some sort of activity that connects the kids with either us or grandparents or something like that. So I'll add the intro, the outro, and then um, splice it all together with mm -hmm. the music at the beginning and end, and then we go live. Okay, very cool. And then on the other show, um, obviously you're interviewing you know some high-level thought leader types of folks. Uh, there must be some advanced prep that you put into that. Yeah, that, that has a lot of prep. In fact, I probably spend a good – the first – Several people I have uh, recorded with have been folks I've known really well, so I didn't have to spend as much time on their website. But there were a few where I'll go to the website and I'll really try and connect their brand to my message mm -hmm. so that I can get, because I'm reaching out to these folks, not just to have a warm body behind a microphone, but because their message about business or their message about marriage has really connected with me. And I want to demonstrate that for a broader audience about how, yes, John Miller talks about the question behind the question and he presents the Fortune 500 companies about how you can take personal responsibility over improving your work environment. But once I connected that message, those same leadership principles apply just as well to you at home as a leader or just as a husband as they do in the office as a leader. So once I connected that, it really, really helped me feel very comfortable. And I loved reading business books before, but now when I look at it and I said, this can help me both at work and at home, it just takes it to a whole level. So I, especially with someone like that, who's not a marriage, uh, you know, counselor or thought leader, but someone who's really known in the business world, I'll do a lot of prep to connect that message like it connected with me. Okay, cool. So 
the big the big objection for lawyers obviously we're all you know feeling like our time is at a premium and and you know even with your mission that you're talking about your family time is very important to you your your work time obviously occupies a large chunk of your life how do you what's what's the the big objection i guess is time so how much of your time would you say goes into putting together episodes of the show um well 5 minutes with dad takes probably from beginning to end uh, maybe an hour and a half okay, per episode. Cool. Yeah. Um, the good part about that is 45 minutes of it when I'm with the kids yeah. is fun. It's hanging out That's with great. them. So it's really not taking that time away. In fact, it's enhancing the family time, not only because the three of us are in the room together, but because my wife gets a break too. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. Um, with Confessions of a Terrible Husband, the episodes are a little longer. They're about 35 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that probably takes with prepping for the episodes and recording and editing, that probably takes about two hours. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing about those episodes. Yes, it takes two hours, but it's a topic that I'm so passionate about. And I'm so incredibly shocked when folks agree to be on the show who are, you know, people that I admire and I follow online and things like that. So for me, it's it's essentially doing things that I would really want to do. I would want to read their website. I, I do read their website. It's putting it, questions down on paper that I'd love to ask them, even if I weren't doing a show. And for me, it's just recording the answers to that in audio form and putting it up with some music so other people can hear the answers too. So for me, I'm very concerned about uh, what I'm doing with my time and I'm very, uh, very passionate about marriage and parenting and business. And doing it in such a way that other people can help can learn along with me is it's almost like I'm watching a baseball game. It's the same entertainment for me. So it's, it's not really taking away the, at least how I look at it. Yeah. So, uh, you haven't really had a chance to see the, um, uh, the confessions show bear any fruit yet, but I think, I think it's safe to say that, you know, by getting, in touch with these people and being and interviewing them, you have first of all given yourself an excuse that isn't a, a business development reason for making contact with them. But it's entirely possible that there will be some business development, uh, call it fallout, call it bonus <laughs> to things, mm. just from having been in contact with these sort of high level folks and and um, you know now they know you and uh, hold you in some degree of esteem, I presume. And, you know, so all of that is, is a great thing. Do you, do you think that is going to, I mean, yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, long before the, the confessions podcast came to light, I was blogging, uh, and Mm -hmm. writing the book confessions of a terrible husband. And I met Dan and Joanne Miller Mm -hmm. in Franklin, Tennessee at their coach training course, and I went down there, this is May of 2013, and I kept in touch with Dan and Joanne, or mostly Dan, from that time forward. And when I reached out to them to be on the podcast, they were absolutely excited about it, no problem. They jumped, uh, you know, the next appointment that I had open, we got on the phone and we recorded it. And since then, Joanne has become a regular contributor to my blog. Oh, wow. So she writes two articles a month about from her 47 years of marriage experience to help others, um, you know, learn from their mistakes, learn from their what they do really well and just from their experience. 
so you know i'm i'm an advocate of of podcasting as a tool for marketing law firms and law practices and and one of the things that i say about that is that you don't have to be talking about substantive law issues in order to be effective at that and i want to ask you what you think about podcasting as a marketing tool do you think it's an effective way of of uh, well you tell me <laughs> why do you think podcasting might be effective I, I absolutely think it's it's effective, and in fact, I think it could be more effective if you're talking about things that aren't strict law, you know, theories, and you're talking about things that matter to the people who would hire you, and they're getting a connection with you that will know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. If you're well-spoken and you're well-organized and you demonstrate professionalism on your podcast, people are going to assume, rightfully so, that you have that same level of professionalism and research and thoroughness with your law practice. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't know any client who's going to listen to an e-discovery podcast. You know? <laughs> so you can talk, you can have the best e-discovery podcast in the entire world and you, you know, maybe you'll get a client out of it. But, you know, if you start, if you talk about marriage or life or business or podcasting or networking or whatever, mm -hmm. those are the people you who are going to be listening to the podcasts and they know you're an attorney. Yeah. They will come at, even for just a referral or, hey, do you do this? You know, I've gotten several of those just from five minutes with dad where I'm talking to a five-year-old. Yeah, terrific. Well, I, you know, obviously with, with the kids, I'm sure you have any number of favorite moments of uh, podcasting experiences and uh, you know, that's as it should be boy. It's going to be wonderful for those kids to have those recordings to look back on mm. and as uh, when they're adults with their kids and things like that. So, mm. but um, what about any other show? Any so far, any favorite moments? I think my favorite, I have two favorite moments. Uh, you know, there's so many, but uh, two things that stick out in my mind and they were both from the, actually this John Miller interview is once when we were talking and I was talking about my message and, and, um, you know, my vision and he asked during the interview to be added to my mailing list. So that was pretty awesome how we had that nice. connection online. Um, but also where he confided and I say confided, but it's, it's not the right word because it's going to be broadcast everywhere. And he knows that, you know, <laughs> but where he intimated to our audience that, one of the best things he did, and he's a personal accountability guru. He is the personal accountability guru. But the best advice he would give to somebody would be to, if you're having issues or even if you're even just every once in a while in your marriage, to seek counseling. And he talked about how he and his wife from time to time still go see a marriage counselor to help them. So that was really powerful to me sure. that this personal accountability guy you know, was, was vulnerable, but open in an effort to really help, you know, the confessions of a terrible husband audience, mm -hmm. you know, become stronger in their marriages. Well, you know, they say the best coaches have coaches. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Athletes have coaches, right. business people have coaches. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. And what, so, you know, why should marriage be any different? They call it a counselor perhaps, but mm -hmm. you know, essentially it's someone, you know, someone there to help coach you to live your life better when they're not there. So what advice would you offer to a lawyer who's starting out? And actually, let's talk before we go there. Let's talk a little bit about your young lawyer marketing business. Sure. Tell us about that. 
So I have, have been passionate for years and years about starting young, starting early in your practice. And that doesn't mean you have to be 25 years old, but if you're 25 months out of law school, no matter what age you are, you're a young lawyer. Mm -hmm. So I've been passionate that the, to have maximum flexibility in your career, either for advancement in your current situation, transitioning out of the law into politics or into government or whatever it is that you want to do to go in-house or to just build a book of business, you need to be out there and meeting people. You need to network and you need to start young. And when I came out of law school, the one of the first things I did was talk to people around me. How did you get your first client? How did you meet this person? You know, this is a $5 million a year client. How did they show up? And the answers were very you know, they were, they were not very helpful. They were truthful, but they were not very helpful. Oh, my brother-in-law is the, the CEO. Well, that's helpful. I mean, all right, I just got to marry well, I guess, you know, <laughs> but you know, you had all these, all these answers, but they were all circled around relationships. My college roommate, or I met this guy and we became friends or this girl I used to date was, uh, ended up, you know, becoming mm -hmm. one of my best friends. And now we just hang out together and she's the you know, chief financial officer or whatever. There was always a relationship around it. Yeah. But the advice on for me to how to build, to how to build a book of business or how to build a quality network was, oh, you should write articles and get published or you should do some speaking engagements. And I was 26, 27 years old. I tried, I looked around, I said, all right, so let me just look for speaking engagements. So I go to Google and I try to yeah. speaking engagements for lawyers and everything was, you know, you have all these people who've been practicing 30, 40 years speaking. How are they going to have me or trust me to go up and, and hold, you know, hold my own on the mic or just give me the microphone to become a thought leader mm -hmm. on a particular area of law. So I started taking a different approach and the different approach was similar to my take on podcasting. No one wants to hear about e-discovery. Yeah. So I'm not going to go and write an article for a partner to put his name on it or her name on it to publish in something that no one's going to read except for perhaps two or three lawyers just to say I got published. So what I set my focus on was being in the right room with the right people at the right time and getting to know them and having them get to know me so that they would like me, they would trust me. And eventually we became friends and I got clients. And when I decided I was going in-house, I had a job in a week. So it was, so it was something that I saw as a need that young lawyers are constantly being told these days, you can't just sit down and do your work. You have to do top quality work, but you also need to network. You need to make connections because you need to build that book of business or have a network to provide you with other flexibility in your career. So I put together a free guide. It's my 10 favorite tips for building a quality network. And you can just get that. Just enter your email address over at younglawyermarketing.com. And that gets emailed to you within 30 seconds. And on top of that, I have an eight-week uh, training course that I'm finishing the videos for now. And that's a getting started. How can young lawyers get started? And it essentially goes through those 10 tips and, and a few more, and it goes into a little bit more depth into them. And there's homework and there's a workbook that, um, you know, helps you really focus on it. And it sets boundaries over, you know, you need to do your work during this time frame. So what, when's the best time to get connected with people? And on top of that, I do uh, law school. I'm, I haven't presented yet, but there's a small school in Virginia uh, who I'm speaking with to be the first law school to get 
iMessage there. It's all put together, but I haven't presented it just yet. And law firms, you know, law firms have hired, um, you know, trainers to come in and help people network and build, build their book of business. And I'm creating a program that focuses specifically on their young lawyers. Terrific. Okay. So, so you're speaking to a young lawyer who is thinking about starting out as a, with a podcast. What advice do you offer? Well, the best advice it would be to pick something that he's knowledgeable about and passionate about or she's knowledgeable about and just has a thirst for learning mm-hmm. because that's where he or she is going to come across as being knowledgeable, likable, and trustworthy. And that's where they're going to make that effort to connect with other people, to collaborate. And I would suggest that the topic doesn't really matter as long as it's a professional topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're talking about video games, yeah, maybe, maybe they can make a connection, but they're not going to have that air of professionalism. If they, they can talk sports, they can talk, um, fashion, things like that. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, those touch other areas of law. They could be, uh, they could make a great connection into the sports law arena or into fashion law and firms. My old firm has a huge fashion law department. Mm-hmm. It's big business. But, and even video games is big business, but to pick something that they're passionate about, that they're going to want to do, because there's nothing like a stale podcast to really take the air out, you know, (laughs) to say, you know, Hey, I have, I had a podcast and someone looks and there's nothing since April and it's now October, then you, you lose all your benefits. Right. Right. Well, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, wrap things up today? No, I just think, uh, you know, I would really encourage this. It's, I love the show. I love your show well, because you. it is a show begging for, for other people to join in. It's not, you know, so many folks, they take a, um, they take an approach that they don't want to open up about podcasting or they don't want to open about, up about blogging or, you know, social media or whatever they are. If they're talking about an area, they want to be the voice. And I think by being so inviting and, for reaching out and, and getting other folks to talk about this. You are being becoming the voice on this topic. And it's just it's great to connect with you because I, I really enjoy that you're opening up and really encouraging others to get in the game. Well, likewise. Thank you so much for, uh, for this. It's been a terrific interview. I've uh, learned a great deal about you and about what you're talking about. And I, and I have to tell you that uh, everything you're doing resonates for me personally. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to have that same experience. So uh, I'm grateful. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us, uh, tell the listeners how they can reach you and give us all the URLs and all that jazz. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give them one email address and okay. it, it's just nick at younglawyermarketing.com. And since the audience is uh, mostly lawyers, that's a great way. It'll come right to my inbox. Um, you can find me at a terriblehusband.com and five minutes with dad.com as well. But shoot me an email, connect. I, you know, like to meet new people and, uh, and uh, let me know how I can help anyone out in their journeys to podcasting. I'd be happy to connect folks with uh, resources. Okay. Well, I'd also like to say thanks to our listeners. Uh, if you are one of them, please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website, lawpodcaster.com, and give us a review on the iTunes store. That'd be very welcome. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. And if you'd like to get started podcasting yourself, jump on over to lawpodcasting.com for our free legal, uh, legal podcasting resource guide. And with that, I'll just say, keep on podcasting. Keep on podcasting.